All right, what's up? Hey, guys, I'm Paul from Short Things Cigars, located here on Florida's beautiful Emerald Coast. So we're going through the podcast tonight. Obviously, we've done a few things in the series so far. You learned a little bit about how Sure Thing does it at the trade shows. You've learned a little bit about how our factory experiences go, about how all of all, uh, how all of our different things go. For those of you joining on Instagram Live right now, uh, we are doing a podcast now. I am super nervous about doing this because those of you listening to this are going to hear the edited version. Those of you watching this right now are actually going to see and catch the very raw Paul, which should not be allowed out in public. Um, but it should be a good time. So tonight, uh, we are going to uh, go through a couple things. On the live version, we're going to do one podcast and then uh, teach you all how to get to it, and then you can come and visit it later. As of right now, you can find us, Sure Thing Cigars, on Apple Podcasts, also on Spotify. You can also make sure that you check out everything through our website at surethingscigars.com and, of course, on all of our social media. So, big thing tonight, and uh, something that we did uh, as far as on our Instagram Live, uh, on our Instagram videos today, we did a little question and answer with Paul and Tiffany. And... One of the questions that came up was actually one of the things that we're going to discuss tonight, and that was, uh, hey, Paul, how did you get started in cigars? Which people ask a lot. People ask, uh, people ask me that question a lot. And um, uh, it, starts, uh, and it starts at a very young age. I grew up in the country, and my dad would go through, and uh, he would be outside mowing. Uh, we had a big uh, field area back behind us, and he would be out there mowing and doing those things. And um, I had a little tractor I'd follow behind on, and he would always smoke cigars when he was out there uh, mowing and doing those things. And so just from that, I had got, you know, the smell of cigars was already lingering in the air. It was amazing. I just smell it out there blowing in the wind. And I instantly associated those smells to spending time with my dad. And I think that's a very powerful thing. I think scent, uh, studies have shown that scent is the most powerful memory um, tool that we have. You can smell something and automatically be taken back into a moment in time. So when I smell cigars, that's where it takes me. But when we did that, I absolutely loved the experience. I was outside. Then we'd go to the barn. And the cool thing about my dad's barn is that the way it was laid out was all of the miscellaneous sockets and nuts and bolts and all of those things all had their place, and they were all in different cigar boxes laid out in the barn. So we'd get back in. There'd be cigar boxes in there full of stuff. I always thought it was so cool to see all these different cigar boxes. These aren't high-end cigars. We're not talking about anything too crazy here, but it was really cool to kind of be involved with all of that. I also remember my dad would come in, you know, especially during basketball season and things like that, Big Ten tournaments, etc. He'd come in from a night out with the guys, howling at the moon, and I'd give him a big hug when he'd walk in the back door. He wore this leather jacket in the wintertime, which was when basketball season is, and he would have it going, and I could smell cigars on his leather jacket because the leather would hold the cigar smoke. And so I could smell that on him, and it just I, I just associated with that of, like, being a man. Um, it was a very cool feeling. And so this is something I shared today on our Instagram video that, um, uh, that was pretty cool. It, um, 
someone had said, you know, when was the first time you enjoyed a cigar? What got you into the cigars? Well, I was in Boy Scouts, and it was in the fall, and I remember this, that I was, you know, we're out there for the Boy Scouts, we're doing our thing, and, you know, the parents are bringing in marshmallows and, you know, uh, graham crackers, et cetera, in these, in these uh, brown paper grocery bags. And I get the idea, hell, there's leaves on the floor, there's leaves on the ground in the grass, and there's paper here, so I'll go ahead and rip off a piece of grocery bag paper and then get some leaves from the ground and roll up a, a very uh, uh, rustic cigar, oat, an oak leaf cigar. And so I, um, I took these, you know, I'm, I'm sitting out there, and people probably thought at this point, why is this fourth grader rolling a joint at the Boy Scout meeting? Um, and, uh, you know, I, I guess if I was to look back at it now, I'd probably ask the same thing. But I sat out there and I got these, you know, I have these oak leaves, maple leaves, whatever they are. Um, and I would sit there and I'd open it up, I'd roll it up, I'd lick it, I'd light it. And I would be walking around the campsite smoking these, cigar, you know, what I thought were cigars at the time. Um, I know that's probably not the healthiest thing, but I can promise you I've done worse. So I'm not going to share those parts with you. But so that's that's kind of what got me into it because I wanted to be like dad. Right. I wanted to I was like a little kid stuck in a boy's body like the movie Big with brother Tom Hanks. So that's kind of where it started. Back when I was growing up, you could smoke anywhere. You went to the Waffle House, you smoked in the Waffle House. When you had your double chocolate cake, there's nothing better than a cigarette late at night and a piece of chocolate cake. Now, that's after you've drank a bunch because, you know, I'm not going to smoke a cigarette if I'm sober. <laughs> I might edit that part out in the podcast. Um, but those of you joining live got to witness that one, so which is wonderful. Anyways, so... Um, you could smoke anywhere. So you'd have smoking sections. Sometimes you'd, you'd smell a cigar, and it was wonderful. I remember going to the bowling alley when I was like 16, 17, and um, I, I loved going to the bowling alley, but I would all, you know, my buddies would always leave their letter jackets out in their car, right? They didn't, want the, they didn't want to go in the bowling alley, and their letter jacket or whatever in the wintertime would smell like smoke. I loved bringing mine in, and then I'd leave it in my truck the next day, and my whole truck would smell like smoke, this and that. I've just always had that, that scent that's just always been around me. I get to legal-ish age where I'm able to smoke a cigar, and I go into the tinderbox at Easton. Uh, Brian Joyce uh, owns that up there, and uh, it's in Columbus, Ohio. Amazing cigar shop. It's where I cut my teeth with cigars. And um, I go up there... And I was in high school. I was 18-ish at the time. And no one gave a damn about anything I had to say. No one cared if I was in a store. No one cared if I was spending money. No one cared if I wasn't spending money. I was just an annoying kid at the time, right? I'm an 18-year-old kid. And except for when I went into the cigar shop. Because I go into the cigar shop and now I get to kind of pick out a cigar. They teach me all about it. They took their time. And I finally get to sit down with a group of guys. And we're talking about um, the news. We're talking about the weather. We're talking about golf, about football, about sports. You know, we're, we're half-assed talking about the market and everything that it does. But it, it, it took me out of the situation of being a kid 
that Noah would give the time of day to that that you know only had kid friends to being allowed to be involved with uh, adult life, being a man. Cool thing is, I went to a private school, and so I, you know, me and my buddies would go in there on Thursday nights. I started a cigar club there. I was the first cigar club uh, ever there at the school uh, to actually be in the yearbook because Lord knows I wasn't going to be in there for any kind of academic thing. I wasn't going to be in there for slam dunking a basketball or spiking a volleyball or any of those things. And so my claim to fame in the yearbook was I got to found the cigar club. And so we start this cigar club. Every Thursday night, we'd go to the tinderbox at Easton. We'd sit in the back. We'd have our ties on. Brian, the store owner, would let us sit in there. We'd get to go in there and enjoy. And that was a situation where I learned the secret of cigars. It's not about the nicotine buzz. It's not about the flavor. You know, to an extent, to someone just starting out, it's not necessarily even about the flavor. But what makes cigars so, and I'll use the A word in this. I don't mind doing that. I usually don't use it as we're talking about my line of work. What makes cigars so addictive is the fact that, are the people that you get to enjoy them with. I was in there. There was a guy uh, from Channel 4, the news station. He was the sports reporter. He's in there. He's sitting there. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, that's like the first celebrity I'd ever seen was a sports reporter from Channel 4. I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's a guy over, you know, whatever. There's, you know. And I'm so pumped up. I can't wait. And then, <laughs> and then um, I, um, so I see him in there. I see a couple other guys in there, you know, in their suits and all this other stuff. And um, I'm absolutely loving this. And then I see a guy come in in a high-vis jacket, like the reflective tape on it, everything else. He's covered in grease. He's a tow truck driver. He sits down with the guy in the suit. He sits down with the guy from TV, lights up a cigar, and they all start talking. One of the chefs come in. There was a, it was in a mall, so there was a bunch of chef stuff that would come in and get like little cigars and smoke them on their break. The chef comes in. He's got his non-slip shoes on and his pants and his chef wear, all of his you know stuff. And he comes in, lights up a little cigar, sits with the tow truck driver, sits with me, an 18-year-old, in a tie. I was awkward at the age. And sits with these executives and things like that. And everyone's in there smoking. And that's when it clicked. That's when it hit me that this is an activity for everybody. And this is a spa for everybody. I think that, you know, sure thing, we're very blessed in the fact that we do have a lot of female customers, um, you know, uh, almost an equal share of 50-50. And um, so, I, you know, it's, it's a little different in saying this, but I think what it does is it allows, you know, guys look at it and, and you know, I, I even say to my wife, well, how did you talk to her for so long? What did you guys talk about? I have no idea what you guys talk about. How can you guys just sit there and get your nails done and talk for an hour and a half? I looked down at my watch after smoking a cigar, and it's been two and a half hours, and I realized that we've been talking the whole time because guys need that type of prop to be able to enjoy that type of situation. Everyone needs that intimacy. And I think that in this day and age, especially with all the COVID stuff, especially with all the forced social distancing, if you are sitting there right now listening to this in your basement because you haven't come out, um, since all the COVID stuff hit, you are nodding your head up and down, 
saying, yes, I miss that intimacy and those moments to sit there and look someone in the eye and talk. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. Um, so all of, that, all of that goes on. Hang on, i got to unlock this. All right, so all of that goes on. I had to update my uh, deal there for Instagram. All of that goes on. I'm watching all this magic happen, and I start to realize that maybe my first cigar I picked for my first premium cigar might have been too strong. And I think anyone that smoked a cigar may have had that moment. This is a Hoya de Nicaragua Antonio um, 1970. This thing is pure Lajero, pure strength. Uh, this thing is so strong. I finished smoking it, and I stood up and I asked the guy, "I've never drank before at this point, right? I had never drank. I didn't drink till after I got out of high school. I've certainly made up for it." And so I asked him. I said, "Hey, man, I'm a little bit tipsy here, a little bit buzzed. Is that okay?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, you smoked a super strong cigar. Well, thanks for making that my first one." So I smoked that. I had to walk around in the parking lot before I could drive home because of how buzzed I was off of the thing. Um, but in saying that, because one of my first cigars I started with was a full-bodied cigar, a, uh, and the next cigar I smoked was a, a Roma de Cuba from Ashton, another strong cigar, I started getting into the developing the taste towards stronger tobaccos. I think if you start with red wine and you drink red wine, and you have a good time with red wine, and it brings you to the scent, to the memory of everything that we just talked about, then you begin to start digging into more red wines. If I'd have started with a flavored cigar, I'd have tried more flavored cigars. But I started with something full. I stuck with something full. I love it. And so um, so we do that. I'm sitting in there. We have the cigar club. I loved it. At graduation at high school, Everyone came to Paul. They all gave me their, you know, five bucks, ten bucks, whatever it was. And Paul brought the box of cigars, and we all lit up right out there outside of graduation in our, uh, you know, gowns and um, had a great time. It was wonderful. I go to college. I start the same thing on Thursdays, uh, a cigar club. Uh, my fraternity inside of it, everyone knew if I was in the fraternity house or not. Because it smelled like cigars if I was there. I'd walk in. I'd have a lit cigar. Again, you could smoke anywhere at this point. I'd have a lit cigar. If I was drunk, I'd be in my boxers. If not, I'd just walk through casually. And I'd have the lit cigar. Everything was wonderful. And um, I'd go in. On Thursdays, we'd start a cigar club. This is in West Lafayette, Indiana at Purdue. And in this little cigar shop, I don't even remember the name of it. They had a little TV, like the big curved, um, like fisheye lens type TVs, the heavy glass TV. And it was probably 15 inches big. It was super small. Um, and um, so I'd go in there. We'd get the guys together. And they had the glass Coke bottles. So we'd get the glass Coke bottle. We'd sit there. And every Thursday at that time, Cops was on. And you sit there and you're smoking a cigar with your fraternity buddies. And you are... Um, you know, you're 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 smoking that. You're drinking the glass bottle Coke. You're watching cops. You're watching the cars drive by in this old town. How can you not like it? It just ended up being a wonderful thing, and more and more people got into it. I ended up being the social chair of my fraternity. Something I I till to this day I credit 
that the only thing I actually graduated in and the only skills that I learned, the classes that I took, were being social chair of my fraternity because that's what I do for a living now. And so that's, you know, it's all of you watching and listening to this that are trying to figure out what you're going to study in college. I would just say skip it and just focus on socializing. That's probably not good advice. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know if you have to be a certain age to actually follow our Instagram or not. So, no? I, yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, children, if you would take, take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. Stay in school. And so... <laughs> So I start this social, you know, I'm the social chair of the fraternity. I get all the pledges together and we set up cigar bars like our like fraternity nights weren't your necessary kind of, you know, KY wrestling or whatever they do. These are cigar bars, guys in ties, girls in pearls. A great time. We loved it. Had a great time. Still do it today, really. Uh, and so um, we um, we had a good time doing that. So, <laughs> sorry, some of these Instagram comments are cracking me up. So, um, we have the cigar club. We're doing all that. It's wonderful. I leave. I get out into the real world. Boom. You're in the real world now. Here's your office. You're nine to five. Where did I spend my lunches and where did I spend my time outside of my nine to five job? In a cigar shop, smoking premium cigars, talking to these guys, etc. And so we start to look and think, all right, well, if this is what I love, this is what I'm passionate about. I've always wanted to do this. Brian, you know, at the Tinderbox at Easton gets me pumped up about this. I've always thought, man, I want to have a cigar shop. My thought was I would actually work a regular traditional corporate job. And then when I retired, I would move to Florida and I would open up a cigar shop on the beach and I would play guitar, and I would have a great time. That happened about 30 years early. Um, I think that it's, um, you know, it, and it's funny to think back at it now. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a cool place that we opened up. But because of all those experiences and because of all those little things, I think it's so cool to have the cigar nerd side that I am deep inside but have that social chair side, that wild side, that getting the cigar club thing started side uh, tied in that calls me to be a tobacconist, a retailer uh, of cigars. Uh, all of those things got me to where I'm at. Um, as far as the actual smoking of the cigars, I think a couple of the things that I really learned about are maybe not focus on names, but... And this is a great tip for anyone getting into cigars. When you go in and you look at a box, if no one's in there to help you, because obviously you wouldn't be at Sure Thing if that were the case. So if you're not at Sure Thing and no one's in there helping you, um, take a box and flip it upside down and look at the bottom of it. And it'll say made, handmade, hecho a mano in Honduras, made by hand in Honduras, made by hand in Nicaragua, Dominican, uh, Peru wherever it is, Brazil. And so that I started focusing on, I'm going to get a pack of Nicaraguan cigars. I'm just going to go in. I'm going to buy three, maybe five. I'm going to buy three cigars from Nicaragua. I was able to go into the cigar shop there at Easton and ask, hey, 
hit me with three Nicaraguan cigars. And they'd say, okay, here you go. I said, well, I've already had that one. You know, give me, swap that one out and we do it. And I would just start going by country. And that's how I, that's how I developed it. Because you condition your palate in such a point that you can do it by country. You can taste the Nicaraguan tobacco. You can taste all of that. It's wonderful. Then at next month or in two weeks, whatever, when you switch to Dominican, because Nicaraguan's been, you know, you've been exploring that so much for the past two weeks, that Dominican is going to be so much different. So it's so hard to sit there and light up three cigars, a Nicaraguan, a Dominican, and a Honduran, and smoke them back to back to back. I can do that now. That's no problem. But I think the best way when you're getting started is to take that, you know, take take a country and light them all up and just kill them for two weeks and then do the same thing the next time. Um, one of the guys with us tonight actually is a, uh, a chef and he was telling us at one point you can take different ingredients and put them in hot water. And individual ingredients. Have you ever want to know? You know, you always see um, add a bay leaf to a recipe. Well, no one knows what the hell a bay leaf tastes like. We just see it done on the Food Network and we put it in. We know we're supposed to take it back out of the pot before we eat it. He said, when I was studying and when I was doing all this stuff, they'd say, get you a little, you know, make you like a little tea, a hot water, drop a bay leaf in it, let it steep, and then drink it. And boom, you can taste what a bay leaf tastes like. You can do the same thing with rosemary. You can do it with mint. You can do it with you know, whatever it is. And so you taste those individual flavors. And when you get started and you're focused on a country and you're smoking it over and over and over and over again and you're able to identify those things, then you're able to go in and start smoking other cigars and you can pick out, oh, I remember that flavor. That's from Nicaragua. Oh, I remember that flavor. That's from uh, Honduras and things like that. And then you're able to pick out each one of those little pieces. If you think about cigars like a musical arrangement, you have drums, you have um, a bass, you have lead guitar. And so when we look at it, if you were to just sit there and play the drums in the middle of the street with no lead guitar and no bass, people would look at you and walk by and think that you were insane. Because there's nothing else going with it. It's, 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 it's harsh by itself. Same thing with a bass. If I was to sit there and just start ripping bass lines, people would say, okay, well, I guess that's kind of cool, but it's, there's, it's not a song. Same thing with guitar. But when you can take the bass, the drums, and the guitar, put them together, then you have a blend. Then you have a cigar. When you sit there and you focus your energy and you focus your attention on smoking cigars from Nicaragua for two weeks, then... When you go and you listen to the full song after you've tried all of these different things, you're going to be able to pick out each instrument. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful experience. Anytime you want to learn about these cigars, you know where to come. Sure Thing Cigars, located on Florida's beautiful Emerald Coast. Thanks for joining us tonight for our podcast. And make sure you check back every Monday and make sure uh, you get these things loaded. Comment in the... Um, in the comments below here on the podcast and uh hopefully we'll see you soon i'll answer as many questions as i can it'll be a wonderful wonderful time thank you guys so much